Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. On the other side of the glass, we have two producers. Two? Yep. Sammy Jammer's over there. And uh, we got Kevin Herr, of course, our regular good producer. So I guess we got a trainee going in there. Who's the other one? Uh, Sam. Sam is... Is it Sammy Jammer's? That's uh, that's what I call her. She's a 94KX (laughs) announcer. Um, I don't remember her last name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sam. Sam. Uh, Samantha. Sam. Yes. Okay. You, she was right. out front. Right. You know, Samantha, you know who she right. is. Well, I know who she is, too. <laughs> but I don't remember what her last name is for some strange reason. Well, she has an air name. Well, that's the one I'm trying to think of <laughs> since you want to be <laughs> Well, I'm not going to tell you. It. I'm not going to bail you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, you guys. We had hoped this would go a little bit better. We well, it's not. <laughs> we didn't rehearse. The weekend has not given you any more intellectual capability. <laughs> oh, to remember her 94KX air name. You Sammy named, Tyler. Come you, on. Get with it. You you name one air name on 94KX. Tom Morgan. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Statler. I'm Waldorf. And we're very glad to be grumpy old men. A uh, bunch of old white guys arguing about important topics that really don't relate too much to us. But, hey, we would love to hear from you today. If you have a topic that is of close uh, contact with your life and times, buzz us. Uh, of course, we often talk about national issues, but we can talk about local topics as well. So we'd love to hear from you today. First of all, we want to mention our sponsor, the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, it's important that you know that they are a family-owned dealer not owned by some outside corporation, but uh, they're a family-owned dealership. They've been in Sunbury since 1915, been in a couple of locations in Sunbury, but uh, they are certainly sprawling all over the North 4th Street shopping plaza area now, and they have a shop over on Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. That's the Kia shop, but they do have some of the select pre-owned vehicles over there, and in case you haven't heard, uh, the demand for pre-owned vehicles has stabled, uh, stabilized a little bit, so the prices are a little bit back to what you would expect for pre-owned vehicles. SunburyMotors.com is our their website, and they would just love to talk to you. If you wonder what they can do for you, of course, new Ford, Hyundais, or pre-owned vehicles that have been through a 200-point check to make sure that everything's perfect and that they are cleaned right down to the bones to make sure everything's ready. They also got the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They got a body shop. They got an alignment shop. They got a nitrogen pump you up with nitrogen shop. And they got a car wash shop and and they would just love to fix you up. Uh, Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury is the place to go Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. SunburyMotors.com is their website. All right. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. How are things in the field? Are the crops doing well? I'd ask because you're wearing suspenders. You look oh. like a farmer today. Okay, yeah, if I put my Amish hat on, you you you, you want to come over there and snap your suspenders, yeah, brother. Thank you. Okay. Can't you afford a belt? 
Jeez, uh, Louise, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> email. You're wound up today. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. i got a 10 emails left over from last week. Wow. We'll try to get to one or two of those today. Uh, email. If you want us to read one in particular, though, and you sent it last week, send it again now, and we'll get to it. We just got too busy with phone calls Friday. We didn't get to them. Well, we, were, we left quite a few undone on Thursday, too, when right. I left for the weekend. Some of them date back to June so we, or May, so we'd just love to uh, clear that screen as well. I want to talk a bit about Lieutenant Governor Fetterman. Okay, hold on. Text us. I want to get started. Go ahead. (laughs) No, go ahead. Text us at 70236. Be sure to include the keywords OTM at the start of your message. All right. I know what you want to say about him, that he ignored his doctor's advice and he lied to the public. That's true. He did. You know, it's funny because the doctors told him, and he admitted it, that they told him he needed to take blood thinners. Now, I know something about AFib because I've got it. Okay. And I've been on uh, blood thinners. uh, What? is it exactly? Well, it's an irregular electrical malfunction of your heart, uh, the rhythm. It, it, you know, so they you can, can detect this anomaly. Yeah, they can. Uh, an EKG will detect it quite easily. Um, but you know, when I was diagnosed, I went out and I bought what's called a cardia unit that lets me check my heart um, just by putting my on my cell phone and putting my fingers on this cardia unit, and it tells me how I'm doing. But the doctors told me that if I didn't take if I didn't take blood thinners, there was a really strong chance I would have a stroke because the blood pools in a portion of your heart because it can't quite get pumped out. And then it can lead to a clot that could kill you. Now, I'm sure his doctors told him exactly the same thing. He admitted they did. Well, you don't know for sure. Well, he admitted they they told him he needed to take blood thinners, but he refused to do it. Well, he didn't admit it. He said the doctor could release his medical record if he so chose. Now the doctor says he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. My doctor told me if I had a stroke, if I didn't take the blood thinners and I had a stroke, the chances were great that I would have a second stroke that possibly would be worse than the first. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether my doctor or my cardiologist was trying to scare me, but it worked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I take the medication. You take Coumadin? No, no. I'm lucky. I'm able to take Eliquis. It's more expensive, but it's no need for extra blood work. Matter of fact, uh, I'm astounded. I'll admit, I've never had a symptom. You know, even when I found so out, so this I had, was detected electronically. Yes, it was detected when I went for my uh, one of my physicals, and they told me they they're going to do an EKG, and uh, they did the EKG, and then Dr. Jessica came in and said, "We got to do another one. There's something wrong with our machine. Mm. Uh, there's something wrong here." So they gave me another machine, and then she came back and said, "Well, it's not our machines. It's you. You have AFib." Mm. And good catch. Yeah, very good catch. And they put me on uh, immediately, even before I saw a cardiologist, they put me on the blood thinners just to make sure that nothing happened to me. Now, under what circumstances do people with AFib get a pacemaker? Well, or is that a if, they, if they've had issue. a stroke, I would suspect, and he has both a pacemaker and a defibrillator. And that helps regulate the timing of your heart pumping? The pacemaker does. The defibrillators, if your heart stops, oh, well you get zapped. Another, that's another topic. <laughs> okay. You know, and the fact that they put that in is a very serious thing. But here's a guy who wants to go around the state telling us that marijuana is okay for us. He could take that. He's willing to take that, but he won't take a drug his doctor prescribes that could save his life. Now, if that's the kind of decision he's going to make as a United States senator... I'd say, no thanks. Well, I think the only thing that... I think it's definitely true that, you know, he said he was 100% fine when he had... No, seriously, he said he was 100% fine when he had a stroke, but then he said last week that he, he could have died. died. Right. <laughs> I, thought, well, I think he used the word almost. Right. So, all right, so that does bother me a little bit. But secondly, part of his appeal is that he's the common man. You know, he's not a, 
um, you know, a suit wear. Well, he may be a common man, politi- but he lacks common sense. Well, but let me finish here. Okay. I think what he is, he, he's trying to say that I'm like you folks. So ignoring medical advice is a national pastime. So I think this just further endears him to people who say, oh, my gosh, he's like me. Obviously, eats a little bit more than maybe is necessary. And he doesn't heed doctor's advice until he has an incident. And then he does. So, I, you know, this to me doesn't change my view on him or his sort of body politic or what he stands for. Okay. So, but I just think it's, it sort of makes him normal. I ignore medical advice every single right. day. Let's say you take your wonderful truck into Sunbury Motors because something's going <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And they say, well, Mark, we need to replace whatever it is, the Gazox to Hagen. Okay. What do you got to say? Nope, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. How I'm much just going to ignore it. I'll say, how, <laughs> so much how much is it? Is it? Okay. is it covered by the warranty? They say, no, you added a lift, tick t- trip, uh, lift kit to the truck, so you voided the warranty on the steering gehizig digging and so and uh, and they say well they're three thousand dollars i would say nope let it go i'll just put tape over the light on the dashboard so i can't see it <laughs> so that's right but that's a really smart well that's in effect what he did he just said i'm just he going to go ahead without light. anything well that doesn't you know that just unfortunately him... his wife god bless his wife she noticed a change and she made him get to the hospital okay well yeah if you see somebody having a stroke yeah they that golden hour till you get some blood thinners going is important. So, okay, so, but yeah, I don't, I, I understand what you're saying. I think this is a dilemma for him, but I don't think it's the end of the world. And I certainly don't think that, uh, you know, he, if he had been 100% honest in the primary, that he would have lost to Connor Lamb. Now, the question is, will this hurt them? <laughs> it's funny. You point out now that Dr. Oz is a heart surgeon. He may need and, Dr. Oz's and, help. <laughs> and Fetterman has a heart problem. So Fetterman won't be able to make up stuff about his health at the podium when they're debating because Dr. Oz, of course, should know Well, we truth. ran a commercial here in the radio station that used to scare me half to death because it said, you may have a serious life-threatening condition such as AFib. Okay. And it was, you know, it's not anything you take lightly. I mean, it is a right. serious, serious yeah, condition. but a lot of people ignore medical advice. Look at the obesity issue, <laughs> I mean, in my in this room alone. So, I'm not obese. No, thank you. I'm, I'm, I looked at my own belly. So um, the, I just think the fact that, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's bad that he said he wasn't as sick as he was during the primary because I think he probably didn't want to lose votes to somebody who said we well, might not be well, particularly even though Connor Lamb wasn't close to him in terms of polling right. no, and he momentum. Really um, he didn't want to do anything to hurt that. And maybe, you know, maybe he was just simply looking forward to the fall election, say, I don't want to do anything. Uh, you know, maybe he would have preferred that. Um, he hadn't been as sick as he wasn't he the same or, or guy that was telling us we should all wear we should all wear masks that the governor was right that we needed to protect mm. people's health I don't remember that oh, but I, I but I think you know if he advocates for use of recreational marijuana that's personal freedom you know my personal freedom is to um, you know, to well, to wear a mask if I want to, or smoke pot if I want to. If I may quote the uh, uh, pro uh, pro choice crowd, my body, my choice. I guess it's his bo- choice is to make the decision whether or not he wants to take life saving medications or not. Right. But now he's paying the consequences with a pacemaker and a defibrillator. I mean, that's kind of a serious precaution, don't you think? Do you ignore any medical advice? Well, if I tried, my wife would beat me over the head. <laughs> If you tried to, oh, to if you tried it. to ignore medical, oh my right. gosh, well, geez, but uh, that's what happens when you're married to a former nurse, a retired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got it all. She has her hands full. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Al, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. 
I'll take a minute now because I need three minutes later. How's that sound? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but the uh, you can have another procedure for AFib. It's called an ablation. And they go up through the groin and they do electrical shock work on some of the nerves above the heart or around the heart. That's true. And that will and that will put you back in the. Uh, a normal heartbeat. But I'll tell you and what. And there's also another try that they tried three times on me, where they stop your heart and then restart it, and then uh, see if it holds a but normal that, beat at that point. But that's what but they, they tell tried you. They tried three times on me and it didn't work, and then they did the ablation. Do you have a pacemaker? Worked, so. Do you have a pacemaker? No, no. I just the ablation worked on me, where they kill a few nerves up or something or. And, and the top of your heart, and that brings your heartbeat back to where it's supposed to be. They tell you that shocking your heart, you're right, shocking your heart is an option, and uh, I talked to my cardiologist about that because I'd rather not take medication every day. But the argument I got, and maybe you got the same one, is that, okay, well, we might get your heart back into normal rhythm, but we won't know if it goes out again, and you could wind up with a serious problem without ever knowing that you had it. That's why I bought the cardia unit. I wanted to be able to determine whether or not I was in AFib all the time or whether I came and went. Now, I'm in it all the time, but I, thank God, never had a symptom. Yeah, well, they checked me for a while. My only symptom was, like, when I'd be sitting still, all of a sudden I'd just break into a sweat. Uh, I actually went in the hospital for something else, a, a major headache that I had for days, and I couldn't figure out where that was coming from. But when they saw I had ASEB, they treated me like a heart attack victim. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> but mine was really, you know, really beating a lot fast. I, I think they said, you know, like 300 times a minute. And, I, and don't quote me, but I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, yeah. they checked me for a couple months after my ablation, and, and they said it looks like it's going to hold for me. Do you heed medical advice 100%? Most of the time, except for my, you know, thunder thighs and my big belly. That's a no. How about your? How about the vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? He already said he did. I, I got two of them, but yeah. I'm not getting that any third. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got to think back to what we've already argued okay, about. Okay, I don't want to. Thank you, sir. Time in case you yep. get something good. Take care. Thank you. We are planning on getting something, something good, good going. going. Right, it's sort we're of lucky. Our, <laughs> it's our shtick. Stan, I hate to do this, but stand by. I got to hit the break on schedule, so we'll take a quick break. But we'll take more cumbers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the market or text us at seven. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Eclipse of the heart. <laughs> 
That's a medical condition. Easy the total eclipse heart, of the heart. Our topic, heart songs, that's that's going to be easy for Kevin. Yeah, that's, a, that's uh, low-hanging fruit thank for you him. Thank you so much. Yeah, Kevin. Her and Sam Tyler learning the ropes about producing over there. I guess she's going to fill in one day, so we appreciate that. Uh, Stan, thank you for your patience. Very much appreciated. Uh, we've been talking about AFib, but you probably want to talk about mental health laws, expanding background checks, school security, red flags, raising the age and of gun confiscation. majority, buying a waiting period, assault weapons bans, upgrading. Why don't we just hear what Stan actually okay. wants to say? <laughs> As you know, anyway, uh, you said something that uh, Fetterman represents the common man. Didn't you say that? Was he that, he that did. Uh, I think he, he more relates. Portray himself as that way. Well, he sort of not represents them, but he sort of equates to them. Or what? What? What, what am I saying? He, he identifies uh, with right, them. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Well said. Identifies with them. So you know, speaking as a common man, I'm not for emptying the prisons out to let the you know, the low-life criminals out, and uh, he is. I'm not all of them? Abortion. He is. <laughs> he wants to allow all pr- prisoners to go free? Well, he wants, to, he wants to let a lot out. I won't say all of them, but he wants to, you know, lessen the prison population. Who? Mm-hmm. You mean, like, if marijuana becomes recreational marijuana becomes legal, he wants people jailed because of recreational marijuana to be free? Five. I mean, he just wants people out of the prison because he's he figures it's, uh, you know, not right for all these people to be in prison because he feels that they've been uh, put upon. But anyways, so, and, and as far as legalizing pot, and most common men don't want pot legalized. False. 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 Right. <laughs> False? Okay. Yes. All right. You say so. But speaking as myself as a common man, I don't. All right. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, most common men won't be chasing black men jogging through their neighborhood with a shotgun. Well, that's true. <laughs> as Mr. Fetterman did, and, and, and paid no penalty for it. You know, if I did that, they'd probably have my butt in jail. You know, that happened to down in uh, Georgia. Three men chased down, or was it four? I forget anymore. It's three or four chased down a black man jogging through Mr. Albury, jogging through a neighborhood. Now, there is questions about what his motives were jogging through the neighborhood, but we won't get into that. But these people shot and killed him, an unarmed man. Now, that's not a common man either, and Fetterman was doing basically the same thing, except he didn't shoot the guy. Now, he says he just held him, you know, they, they held him for the cops to come. My question is, why didn't he call the cops first and let them handle the problem? Was the shotgun loaded? Well, I'm assuming if you're taking a shotgun after somebody, it's loaded. Well, Fetterman okay. says it wasn't you loaded. You chasing him. Fetterman says it wasn't loaded and he didn't point it at him. He was carrying it, but never pointed at him. Of course, so, he's... So he, Right. He was brandishing a firearm. Okay. Yeah, I think didn't, didn't two people get arrested for that out in Ohio when the uh, protesters came through their yard? That they were charged, but all they did was wave the gun around. <laughs> well, I was in St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. St. Louis. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and that's and actually the wife I think got in more trouble because he's, uh, <laughs> waving an inoperable pistol around. Uh, oh, down than, in Florida, than, right? Than, than the man did because he was he was pointing he was, had it he had it out, 
but he wasn't pointing at anybody, where she kind of was, which, you know, isn't right, but those people had no business being in their neighborhood, but that's old history, because, you know, of course, they're the ones that got in trouble, the people that broke down the gate and get in the neighborhood and marched <laughs> through a private property, they didn't get in any trouble. Well, some of them were charged with trespassing. We followed this. I don't know if they oh, all... they were? I don't, Great. I'm glad yeah, they were. I don't were. know if they all were. That would seem like a lot of trespassing charges, but, uh, I mean, that was part of this story when it came out. But anyway, all, all the way back to around to John Fetterman. Uh, look, he claims to identify with the common man whether you, under any circumstances, would ever carry a shotgun if you saw a suspect in a crime or somebody suspicious walking down the street. You know, that's certainly up to you. A lot of people would do that, but uh, as you are saying, that's nothing. Really? You would not do that. Well, a lot of people get involved in trying to stop crimes or people shoot people, you know, at inter- you know, if you call they, him out vigilantes? No, I'm just saying some people take uh, sort of crime sort of actively and he was the uh-huh. mayor mayor at the time so he knows he's supervisor of the police so he probably uh, again i don't know all that much about this but he may have sort of had in his head that i'm an ally to police and so i'm going to hold this suspect until they get there but he claims the shotgun wasn't loaded he claims he didn't point it at him but i believe the person he pointed the gun at says he was, he did have it pointed at him. So, you know, that is sort of one versus the other. But in any event, if you say that uh, vetoes his opportunity to be U.S. Senate, good for you. You know, that's, uh, everybody's looking for something on which to weigh his character, uh, not heeding medical advice and lying about the seriousness of his um, condition are certainly strikes against him. Dr. Oz has some strikes against him, so I think there's, you know, this uh, folks are going to have to weigh who they want in Harrisburg, and I think... No, no, in Washington. In Washington, yes, and I think John Fetterman's going to have to really convince people how his beliefs will translate into advocacy, because we have a Democratic senator with strong beliefs, but guess what that gets us? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, having two democratically strong, firm, liberal, progressive believing U.S. senators, what will that help with? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. And I, you know, I, I drove through Riverside and I forgot to look at the gas price. On Saturday morning, it was four ninety nine. I know down in Sunbury, has it hit five dollars? I have over and smoking down Sunbury. Uh, I don't pay close it's attention touching to it. It, it, has, yeah. it hasn't hit it yet, although it, or maybe it, maybe it has at one place. I think there was one that's five oh one or five oh two. You know, so that that's what the progressive Democrats have brought us. So I don't think I'll be voting progressive Democrat anytime <laughs> soon, or probably ever. Right. Just just saying, you know, when I when I go to fuel uh, fill up my fuel tank this winter. For this fall, or maybe I'll do it in the next couple of weeks because the price has come down a little bit for eating oil. Okay, I'll I'll, th- I'll thank a progressive Democrat for that. <laughs> you know? Thank President Biden. So so and, and and I hope everybody thanks a progressive Democrat by voting against them because they are the direct result of what's going on. And I don't care what they say; it's not Putin. Okay, Putin's a problem. Don't get me wrong. Well, but people, he isn't the cause. The cause. The fuel yeah. prices were going up long before Putin decided to invade Ukraine. I think people and, uh, in the know about petroleum say that you know the war in Ukraine is part of it, but there's a hundred other components in gas prices. You know, Kevin had talked last week about the um, uh, refining capacity is down for you know X reason or another. Of course, we in the U.S. we love to drive everywhere, uh, you know, from heck and creation in the summer, so our driving is up. Mm-hmm. So that's a factor. But certainly having an administration that is um, anti, on, anti on, fossil fuel, Mark. 
Well, he is releasing strategic reserves a million barrels a day. So oh, boy, that's done. That's had a big well, impact. Well, they say it's like four. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard somebody say four cents. I, I can't attribute it to anybody. Somebody said that only accounts for four cents a gallon. So, you know, it's... Well, it hasn't come down. It's going up. It's going the opposite way, even though that oil is being released from the reserve. There right. for, I guess, a couple of days it did come down, but now it's really headed up like a skyrocket. I mean, it's just... It's ridiculous, and... You know, people are going to have to make a decision soon. You know, things are, uh, you know, when you start hitting 5 $6 for fuel of any type, people start slowing down about what they do other things. Well, that will so help. those other things oh, okay. will suffer. Right. Well, and if uh, if people do less driving, that will help the price go down. <laughs> Well, maybe some, you know, you and I aren't going to do this, but some people are going to uh, use um, less gas, you know, more consolidation of trips and that kind of thing. I I don't make big trips. I make very few trips. I go back and forth to work. That's where my fuel price, and it's costing me eh, probably $60, $70 a week. Mm -hmm. All right? So if it gets higher, it's going to cost even more. You know, it takes. You know, it'll be to the point where it takes half a day's wages to to fill up the tank for the week, which isn't a good thing. Where before it may have taken a couple hours, if that. Yeah, I just drove up to the northern tier, and I was thinking on the way up, you know, this is fun. But then when I got back, I thought, well, geez, that was uh, 100 miles round trip. So I do the math. It was like $15 worth of gas just to go back and forth, just for the gas, right. you know, let alone the time and the. Um, the uh, wear and tear on the car and so on. Uh, one of our good listeners says gas at the Sunoco and Shemokin Dam is five dollars nineteen cents. Five nineteen. Okay. Oh, yeah. now that's terrible. That's the one right across from the what the uh, used to be a uh, well. And, there. and I'll, I'll ask you both this, crosses. and then we have to go. Well, nope, we're out of time. Scratch that. We do not have time. Say, or, uh, Stan, we will chit chat later. Thank you, sir. Thanks, thanks right, for calling. I wonder. We don't want to take a gas tax holiday in Pennsylvania. That's already been vetoed. <laughs> but what about reducing the gas tax because it's bringing in more revenue now? Well, now it's not really bringing in more revenue now. Oh, because they're selling less of it, and they're and the governor is trying to oh, get the president is trying to get more up. gasoline, trying to get more from other countries. Let's right. bring it in from Venezuela. To be continued. <laughs> People who hate us. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe. Hey, man. (laughs) Oh, you're back on the pot. Here we go. Yeah, well, man, I'm I'm a lieutenant governor. What would recreational (laughs) marijuana do to your eight-hit fib? I don't know, and I probably will never find out. Yeah, you'll never know. (laughs) We will never know. Okay. And if we do find out, it might be not good. All right. Might not be. Uh, On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, You can check them 
out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. We uh, started out the show talking about the Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman uh, not really being upfront with people during the primary. I think he admits that much, I think, his, uh, but saying he almost died when all along he kept saying how he was fine. Yeah, he said, the stroke I suffered May 13th didn't come out of nowhere. As a result, I almost died. I want to encourage others not to make the same mistake. So he came out with a statement indicating that he was pretty darn sick, even though he was saying that he was well. And he uh, gave his doctor an opportunity to release a letter uh, talking about his condition. And so the doctor said, well, you're not like what I'm going to put out. And so the doctor put out that I gave him sound <laughs> medical advice uh, what, years ago or months ago. Some time and, ago. Well, yeah, some time ago, and he essentially ignored it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're a good Catholic and you're one toke over the line. That's Joe, baby. He's got it all going on. I think on. he was talking about the lieutenant governor. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Well, I wonder if Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is able to smoke any recreational marijuana at any point. I don't know. But I, I know that uh, no, no one I've seen recommends it for AFib. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who knew? All right. On the mark, sponsor for the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us one 800 795 Again, very brief news headlines here. We talked about gasoline prices and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman's AFib. And we actually talked more about Joe's AFib and Al's, but uh, uh, really it relates to, uh, you think, uh, judgment, more, less so readiness for office, right? Well, I, I question his judgment. You because know, he I, I physically, his, his advice, doctor right. may well be right, and he may be quote fine unquote. But mm-hmm. you know, anybody who either tries to deceive you about his medical condition, number one, and number two, makes that kind of serious miscalculation with respect to his own health. Mm-hmm. How can we trust him to run the state or the okay. Senate or to make wise decisions? Or to in make Washington. yes, to make good decisions in Washington. All right. To be continued. Philadelphia Inquirer reporting today: gunfire erupted in the area of South and Second Street. Saturday night in Philadelphia, leaving three people dead and 11 injured. If you're not familiar with South Street, it's one of the city's most popular dining, shopping, and entertainment corridors. And it was the subject of a great hit song in the 1960s. Where do all the hippies meet? South Street, South Street. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been there a few times, not a hundred times or anything. I used to go to the Mars Bar. You remember that? No. Oh, they had stars in the ceiling and uh, waterfalls down the no, side. I was a big fan of the old original bookbinders. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> is that still there? Uh, I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, the shooting occurred on a weather-perfect weekend that drew hundreds of people to the area. At least 14 people were shot. At 11.30 p.m., three men got into a fight, according to police quoted in the Inquirer. In the 200 block of South Street, video showed the encounter began as a fistfight with one man exchanging words with two others, and one of whom appears to draw a handgun, and then a, a small handgun battle rings out Swell. in Philadelphia. Mass shooting. What do we have, a dozen mass shooting? Over the weekend. There were a couple over the weekend. Yeah, but you know, the, it's interesting that the, I guess it's the number of people shot, not the number of people killed, that determines whether or not it's called a mass casualty. Right. Yeah. Four people shot or injured is what CBS just said in this newscast. But um, I think what we really have here is we're we got to change the definition. We won't have as many mass shootings if we make it. 
10 people shot or injured, and that way, or hurt, killed or injured. I think that would reduce the number of mass shootings in the U.S. if we well, change now, the definition. Well, now, there's a common sense gun measure See? we could adopt. See, <laughs> I'm here for you. And that will cut down the number. Right. Brilliant suggestion. Change the definition. You should be in the administration. <laughs> That's the way they uh, think. Be in it. I'm the <laughs> spokesperson. Well, you'll be doing a better job than Miss St. Pierre or whatever. Uh, yeah, she's having a struggle. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, the public has a uh, whole other story here. Moving on. The public has an opportunity to get an up-close view of a section of the CSVT, specifically the new bridge across the central Susquehanna Valley, West Branch River. PennDOT has released details on the walking and biking event June 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pedestrians, bike riders, and folks named Joe will be able to walk <laughs> from Point Township into Union County about three and a half miles. That's a long stretch, actually, uh, and will allow the public to walk or bike the route. No vehicles will be permitted at that time. We have all the details at WKOK.com. When it comes to COVID-19 in Pennsylvania, the very latest snapshot. VA health officials report the total number of COVID cases in the past week is down about 20% compared to the previous week. There were nearly 30,000 new cases reported between May 18th and the 24th. The report from the state health department also shows hospitalizations up about 15 percent and the number of adult COVID-19 patients in the ICU increasing by about 12 percent. Pennsylvania has reported a total of 2.4 million cases since the start of the pandemic and 45,000 deaths. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, some other headlines very briefly here. Today is the 78th anniversary of D-Day and the Battle of Normandy when Allied forces landed in France and began liberating mainland Europe from Nazi Germany's occupation during World War II. More than 150,000 American, British, and Canadian soldiers landed on a 50-mile stretch of France's coastline, carrying out one of the largest amphibious military beatdowns. This is the AP history <laughs> version of it. And one of the largest amphibious military beatdowns in history, ultimately ending the war in Europe. Okay. All right. And finally, the number of Americans quitting their job is still going up. With the, At least it was in April, with the Great Resignation seemingly here to stay. The number of Americans who have left their jobs in April is 4.4 million, marking the 11th month in a row that more than 4 million people handed in their resignations in any given month. The April data also showed that layoffs and discharges reached a record low, and job openings fell by nearly a half a million. Now, I will add one tiny asterisk to this, and that's on Friday the U.S. labor participation rate was listed as going up one-tenth of one percentage point. So this is data from April saying the Great Resignation is continuing, but that's before gasoline was $5 a gallon and inflation was 12%, so uh, <laughs> maybe that's why participation is going up. I'm sure you're going to get the great return happening here at some point where a lot of people who thought you know things were going swimmingly. Well, the obvious question is, where did those people go? Did they just go out of the workforce or did they go to other jobs or did they retire? Uh, yes, yes. Keep Have going. Have they started a life no, of crime? No, we talked about this. They, have, <laughs> they, they did about a dozen different things. Okay. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Bob, thank you for your patience. Uh, it will be rewarded with an open microphone. Go right ahead. Barbara, I'm, I'm talking, uh, I want to compliment uh, three topics and then I'll go on. First of all, I had an opportunity of surfing TV the other night and I saw an article, testimonial on In Your Owl Seat. It was a wonderful. It was a great interview, and it, it was done well, and he really expressed himself. The second thing, we're going to go, be able to go across the uh, new bridge, right? Well, you better tell the Mennonites that out in Union County, because three months ago they were crossing and actually had a picnic on the bridge. 
The only other complaint I have is, did anybody see the new thing from Pizza Hut? They have a coloring book or a kid a book for kids, and it uh, talks about cross dressing. Would you, some of these people <laughs> stay out of the kids' lives, please? Well, I, I think it's if to be fair about it, as I understand it. Now you tell me if I'm wrong, but the way I understood it, they have a list of books, and one of the books that you could read or suggested reading is about a magic wig. A kid who dresses up as a girl, a boy dresses up as a girl and wears a magic wig. The wig blows off, and at other people, it lands on other people's heads, and they have wonderful things happen to them because of this transgender youth with his wig. <laughs> Is that what you understood? Program. Is that what well, you understood? Sounds like they're pushing transgender and pedophilia to me. <laughs> well, it looks to me, but anyway, that's my information. And thanks, guys. Catch you later. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Uh, I didn't catch the CSVT comment, but hey, we'll take more comers on any of the topics we've discussed, either in the news or well, the other thing he was talking about. My son was on uh, uh, 508 uh, Service Electrics in your neighborhood. Okay. for his movie reviews with Chris O'Rourke. He shared, yes, he shared the uh, program with a, a large animal vet who, before he came on, was sticking her hand far oh, up okay. the interior of a, a rather la, large la, bovine. La, la, la. I hear nothing. <laughs> okay, uh, so I couldn't watch that part. Movie of the show. Well, that is, it, he's he's the highlight of my Friday morning here. Oh, he's okay. on uh, WKOK Sunrise every Friday morning, and um, we talk about movies and entertainment news, and he does a fabulous review. I mean, his, the reviews are good. Not all the movies are good, but uh, <laughs> uh, fortunately, he loved Top Gun, and so that's that's really helped propel that in the box office, probably up to $200 million or something. Yeah, it was a good movie. So, um, Oh, you saw it? Oh, yeah, I went uh, with him. Good for you. Okay. All right, 1-800- Along with Tom. And Karina, we had quite a group there. Go ahead, Bob. You're on the mark. I'm sorry, Mark. I talked too fast for you. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to have this tour of the bridge in uh, in the end of this month, I guess. But what I was saying is, the Mennonites already toured it three months ago on bicycles and had a lunch up there. Who they did? don't even I, contribute to the to the bridge or to the taxes. Yeah, I found thank out. From a co- I found out from a couple yeah, other people you. that they had done an unauthorized visit to the bridge. I won't mention who of my friends have told me they did that, oh, okay. but one of my friends said they well, did. Well, and trespassers, uh, your friends among them Trespassing, have yes, been indeed. up there, but now they beefed up security and put up some fencing and cameras and stuff, although I think all the camera's going to do is tell you that there's somebody up there. They're already up there. When you start out on the 20, uh, 25th, uh, bear in mind you have to start from the Northumberland County side and return to the Northumberland County side. So if you're going to walk across the bridge... If you go all the way to 15, you're three miles from where and then you, you have to turn around and go back. Okay. And uh, one of our listeners texts us and says that getting 215 from Point Township is three and a half miles, but the entire stretch of the highway that will be open will be three, three and, and a half, half miles. miles. So right. you'll be able to walk from Route 15 to, uh, well, it's primarily about the halfway to Route 405. I suspect most of the people will just walk across the bridge and then turn around and come back. Yeah, great. Well, uh, we have asked PennDOT to call into this show about this, not Sunrise, but to elaborate on this. So hopefully Ted will free himself up or something like that. I'll remind him in case he's forgotten about me. So, hey, just real quickly, since we're doing a little frivolity, Nori's 250th birthday bash over the weekend was unbelievably, ridiculously fabulous in every way. I didn't get there, but I saw pictures of it. It looked oh, great. Oh, it was just packed and just great things. Uh, one of the things I attended was Mike Malasevich brought out his Sanborn maps, these maps that were used for fire insurance purposes back in the day. And using these maps, he followed Northumberland's timeline from you know, when it just had a few thousand people up, to, I think we dropped uh, the last map he looked at was uh, maybe 1920 something, and uh, 
Northumberland was up to 5,500 people or so. It had two thriving nail factories, big factories, like bigger than the Forge, but this is pre-railroad for the most part. And, uh, of course, had three different canals. The 1920s are not pre-railroad. No, I mean, the earliest maps was. So uh, three canals were coming through town. I think they started like the 1850s or something. And uh, hotels abound because it was a crossroad. So, you know, every corner had a hotel of one type or another on it. Just really great, great, great stuff. Even there, er, earlier this uh, last century, the uh, railroad yard over in Northumberland was one of the busiest in the country. Right. Well, yeah, and he had some aerial, sh- modern-day aerial photographs of that, or you know, like 1930s and 40s of the rail just booming yep. with an enclosed roundhouse. roundhouse. Yep. Right, which I guess was rare at the time to have a roundhouse under roof. And so... Um, and uh, a lot of other stuff, and just fantastic lumber yard down by the river, and of course the rail yard put that out. And now the rail is not that busy. I have a so. shot of the original station in Northumberland, a photograph of it. Oh, the wooden, the wooden one, the one that burned. Yes. Oh, wow, super. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, I'll have to bring it in. Yep. All right. So. Uh, so much for Nori history, but yeah, just fantastic 250th birthday bash, and, uh, and congratulations to, uh, oh boy, who, Hope Kopf and uh, Noelle Long and her uh, colleague and peer on 17857, I forget her name, I'm sorry, I don't know all these people, but um, just did a fantastic that job. That same Tyler the over there, you had trouble with her name, I'm going to help you today. Thank you. Right. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565, one of our good listeners sends us a note about the economy. Says, my gasoline budget was $30 a week for gas. I don't really go anywhere. Now I paid for the last three weeks $56 a week. So I multiplied it, $56 times 52 uh, weeks in a year. I will have to pay $1,326 uh, more, more per year. Per, more per year. My home heating gas was uh, gas was eighty five dollars budget monthly. Now it's one hundred thirty nine a month. I have a budget balance of four hundred ninety five dollars left from past winter to pay this summer. So my new budget for next winter will be one hundred forty dollars a month. Maybe I can turn off my cable for six months to cover some of it, unless the Democrats want me at the age of seventy one years of old to go out this winter and find a job. Thanks for letting me vent. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, turn off the cable. No, don't do that. Service Electric is a good advertiser, and whatever you do, do not turn off the radio. That's no. what we don't want you to do. All and right. then we have some text that we oh, didn't there get you to. Go. Uh, I'm sure when all the info is released about the Philly shooting, we will find that the shooters had criminal records and are barred from possessing guns. And then I guess there was a shootout in Philly over the weekend, and people died. More calls for gun control, of course. And then one guy says the gas at the Shinoko in Shimokan Dam is five nineteen a gallon. Speaking of memories, we already read that one. Oh, in fact, right. you read it. Well, it's important to reinforce the voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. since you don't have any kind of memory. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We're to the point where we're going to take a quick break, but we'd love to have you on board. Uh, Joe and I talked about Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman and his AFib and how he really downplayed the seriousness of the stroke that he had. And then he asked his doctor to release medical information, and the doctor says, sure, including the rebuke that John's been totally ignoring my advice for months. So that might have backed. Fired a little bit. I'm not sure. Gas prices. He probably has a new about doctor that. now. <laughs> President Biden, you mentioned uh, the yeah, woman. Got, who we have the an press- interesting story here today about 
how his uh, press office is in President total Biden. disarray, okay. and his messaging is in total disarray. Right, yeah. Jen Psaki, a lot of folks didn't like what she said, but she knew through and through what the administration was Well, she was didn't have to, to read her answers off a sheet of paper, as the no. current Jean-Pierre, or Jean-Pierre does. I think Jen Psaki read from papers occasionally. Oh, all right. Not every day, though. But she would glance down and ad-lib. This young lady is reading, correct? Yes. Reading verbatim? All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We are going to make good on the promise to read some of these emails if we can. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Up the magic dragon, lived by the sea. See, he could have gone into heart songs, but he chose the puffing version. Thank you. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. Uh, we have talked about AFib, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, and the gas price is going up. One of our good listeners says his gasoline budget is up thousands of dollars a year. Uh, we talked about President Biden a little bit. We're going to talk about his spokesperson in a little bit. So call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at 70236. Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Oh, wow. Okay. Why? Well, anyway, uh, we were talking about how we uh, class a shooting a oh mass shootings, right? This is what I was trying to say here. Mass mm-hmm. shooting. Well, originally it was four or more were killed, but that didn't suit uh-huh. the narrative really well because of not they couldn't ramp it up that much. So they did lower mm-hmm. the definition. Okay. Lord, it. I mean, yeah, that was, I think, in about 2013, something like that, because it just didn't suit the narrative. We had to really, you know, ramp up the score, so. Well, and to, to I'm, I'm going to say something for and against that idea. One, if you have somebody that goes there and shoots 20 people and injures them, in your view, is that a mass shooting? Well, I think you well, could what argue, would you call it? but nobody's <laughs> killed. But see, it wouldn't fit the definition because it didn't have four people killed. You know, it only had uh, you know X number were injured. So, but obviously the intent was probably to kill, don't you think? If they fired a gun at them. Well, I think you'd have to see what happened. Who knows? <laughs> okay. You know, and that's another topic altogether. Anyway, oh. okay, Lance, go ahead. Okay, so uh, when we start to look at <coughs> the number of kids killed in mass shootings in schools in the last 23 years in which four or more were killed it's about 165 that's with this last one then if we look the last 23 years uh, 
murders on college campuses it's about not college but school campuses college you know it would be like 580 now a lot of this is uh school employees that were shot by their estranged spouses a uh, janitor who had a long criminal record and also police who had uh, ended a chase with a uh, fleeing felon on a school campus. So that's what that 500 and whatever is. Now, during that time, this year you're going to hear you're going to say, there he goes again, but it's really true, boys. We're going to be talking about alcohol. I feel it coming on. That's <laughs> your Irish up, doesn't it? <clears throat> anyway. Now, is that an insult? I believe it is. I believe it is, too. I, oh, no. I, did, I, I just got that. Hey, I'm sorry. The impl- implication that all Irish people are drunks? Is that where you're going no, this morning? No, no, no. <laughs> all Irish people are concerned about <laughs> drinking and driving. I see. Look, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean it that way. It's it quite, just, we know that. Well, that's Lance, the way it came out. We know you, Lance. Don't <laughs> Just ignore him. Which is sound advice, really, all the time. Go ahead. I apologize. I really do. What are the numbers? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. 3,100 kids were killed by their parents who were drinking and driving during that time. And overall, 5,400 were killed in on in highway accidents in which a drunk was responsible for it. And so how many kids died in schools over the same period? Sixty-five, and in those uh, four or more killed. I'm sorry. What was the number in schools? Sixty-five. He said. Mm. One sixty-five. Yeah, one sixty-five. Okay, so a relatively low number. So let's shoot for schools. Let's get drunks off the road and eliminate school shootings, and we'll we'll have a lot more kids around. And if we don't abort anybody, get rid of abortions. That would help too. Well, yeah, we'd have a booming population. All right, we got you, Lance. Anything else? Oh yeah. Oh. Here we go. We're talking about the grid. <laughs> the. Uh, Electric grids across the country not being able to handle it. Uh, it's really, really true. They had a more extensive article in the journal about it. Uh, America's summer of rolling blackouts. And they're talking to these people who own the grids and all across the country, and they're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, Michigan is really going down. Uh, the Greenies out there shut down a nuclear and a coal plant with absolutely nothing to back it up. And then, uh, oh boy, all through the whole whole Midwest for sure. And California is really nuts. And also, we talk about uh, our electric vehicles. Where are they going to uh, get the um, lithium to, uh, apps to uh, make the batteries? It has it figured out. They uh, mined a global uh, record of 100,000 metric tons, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, 65% is used for uh, cars, but it would only make 1,040,000 Model S Teslas. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this is a big dilemma. Precious metals is sort of the next uh, 
scarcity that we're going to be dealing with. And unfortunately, we have to turn to a lot of people. We don't like to get precious metals, just as we did for oil for a time in the U.S. So this is... Uh, there was know. a time we had our own oil before President Biden got a hold of the system. So precious metals and completed and ready-to-use chips for, you know, a gazillion things and for weapon systems and for electric vehicles. So, yeah, we're in a in a strange out-of-sync mode right now where a lot of the things that we really need are in short supply. The cut 22 in the whole situation is there's a lot of it there in Nevada, and the very greenies who wants the electric vehicles are the ones that are holding up mining of the stuff to make the batteries out of. Well, we'll have to examine that when, uh, when we get a real president in there. We'll go from there. Okay. Thank I you, say Lance. that just to irritate my Democratic friends. So thank you, Lance. Thank you, Lance. Thank you. Yeah, we had President Trump, which, of course, he had some positives and negatives. And we had President Biden, who's uh, got a lot of negatives right now and, of course, has that some has positives. approval rating on the economy is down to 28%. Is that, is that like a record <laughs> low or something? That's pretty low. <laughs> All right. And so. now he's trying He's trying to talk about uh, taking away the tariffs on China. I heard about that. Which I've heard a couple of people say would have a short-term positive effect, oh, okay. but a long-term negative effect. All right. So what... What's your view on these important topics that we've discussed? 1-800-795-9565. We have to take a break soon, but let's start this or we're never going to get it started. This is an interesting story. The White House has been plagued in recent weeks with negative reports about President Biden's press office, coinciding with a series of messaging gaffes and mainstream news organizations typically friendly to Biden have taken notice. It has been most interesting to see the establishment media try to adjust its coverage of the Biden administration. Mainstream media helped run cover for Biden in 2020's campaign and for the early months of this administration. And that's from DePaul University journalism professor Jeffrey McCall. But the media narrative that Biden was a unifier and that any national problems were just Trump leftovers just had to disintegrate in the face of cold reality, McCall said. Even the left of center media have had to grudgingly acknowledge that the Biden administration is struggling. All right. To be continued. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Well, and I, th- I, I did. I never really thought President Biden had like a media honeymoon when he took office because oh, there were a lot kidding. of stories that scrutinized what he planned to do. But as time went on and the administration had more struggles, I think the media is on board now with the general public that uh, you know more scrutiny is better, um, which is uh, I guess probably too well, expected. I mean, you can't report to people who say that you know the guy not doing a good job. Well, it talks about, the article talks about, I mean, the Biden administration's problem with the mainstream media, but it specifically gets down into his new press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. She's frequently stumbled since taking over the podium last month when Jen Psaki left the administration. When grilled about a questionable claim made by the president during a speech to graduating naval midshipmen last month, Jean-Pierre claimed she did not hear that part of the speech and declined to defend Biden's claim that he was a Appointed to the uh, Naval Academy in 1965, the same year he graduated from the University of Delaware. She said, I can't speak to it right now. <laughs> she <laughs> also developed a reputation for reading scripted answers from a notebook that conflict with Biden's statements. All right, 1 800 795 9565. The president has a messaging problem. Is that well, what Well, that's call what it? he's calling it. But, okay. you know, it, the question is if you're stumbling uh, from a policy standpoint, no amount of messaging can put a flowered hat on the 
the old cow. Well, 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 <laughs> I would disagree with that. Yesterday I w- listened to some of the Sunday shows, and the Biden administration is part of their initiative, this uh, claw back better thing they're doing because of low ratings, is to make key people, administrators available. And they're all doing it, but they all get kind of caught in crossfire, you know, at these different places because different Sunday shows, because you can only, uh, it's that lipstick analogy you use sometimes. <laughs> so, Put a lipstick on a pig. <laughs> right. It just it don't, only goes so far. All right. One of our good listeners sends a us a note. A more gentle one is to put a flowered hat on an old cow. I'll take that. I like that one. That's a little better. Upper right-hand corner and then the break. And let's remind ourselves that Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws. They have weekly deaths due to gun violence. Many of the shooters are underage and have gotten their hands on guns that are illegally sold on the streets. Try not to be redundant, but what new law will stop this? Confiscation will not present uh, prevent illegal market sales. Hasn't stop drugs either. Well, and I think gun laws, like first of all, Chicago, I think they have a huge gang and drug and crime issue, and they also have a law enforcement issue. That, you know, they're not doing enough law enforcement, so that's obvious there. I, maybe that's a, maybe that isn't obvious to everybody. I, you know, this is an enforcement issue in Chicago also, but at the same time, you know, there's a big societal issue with sort of the, you know, drugs and maybe poverty and maybe inner city, you know, kind of issues that pop up. So that's certainly a dilemma. A lot of people grow up poor, but don't go out and take guns and shoot people. Okay, but they still get involved in violent gangs and still don't shoot people. They they stay law-abiding their whole life? I'm saying a lot of people can resist those temptations. We have a lot of stories of people who did. In Center City, Philadelphia? In in major cities, yes. Okay, all right. Well, well, this is, you know, sort of the, uh, who's your favorite doctor that was the administrator? Ben Carson. Right, your Dr. Carson story that uh, the exception proves the rule. So, all right, so anyway, all right, so that's that. That's one aspect. But I think changes in gun laws and red flag laws are really meant for the law-abiding public to comply with. You know, I, I'm not sure that if you ban assault weapons, then only criminals will have assault weapons well, no, kind of thing. So that thing won't help. Uh, somebody posted the uh, a meme over the weekend of uh, the wolf um, bit the lamb and killed it. The other lambs saw that the teeth of the wolf did the killing, so they took their own teeth out so that they wouldn't cause themselves any harm. The implication being that if you <laughs> disarm right. yourself, you're you're letting yourself you're open to the job. wolf. Okay. But the bottom the bottom to me is is the fact that some of these things will work. Yes, you cannot take guns out of the hands of criminals unless you catch the criminal with the gun. But on the other hand, you can make it difficult for people to get weapons uh, who may not uh, be mentally or legally qualified to have them just by enacting things like raising the age limit. I can't believe the Republicans are opposed to that. Right. Well, and but... Uh, that's not on the table, but you know, well, coming supposedly up, it is with the the discussions that are being held oh, uh, with okay. uh, Senator Toomey and some others in Washington. Okay. I didn't catch that, but I certainly saw that the red flag is part of it. This idea that you know maybe there's some way. Uh, certainly, red flag laws have a lot of problems. So let's just get that right out there. But is what there problems? Do you see any with them out of curiosity? Well, with uh, either false reports or judges that might not ex- fully examine things, okay. or the false or 
courts, you might solve that problem by just making a severe penalty for reporting something that turns out to be incorrect. So we are, well, but how do you know it's incorrect? If you successfully stop a suicide or a shooting of someone else, how can you prove the negative? So anyway, I'm just saying that that's being considered, but also beefing up school security and mental health law changes and expanding background checks. These are all being talked about. And you say ages is part of this. Yeah, I think the 21 thing is really worth talking about. I, I don't know that raising the age to 21 would help anybody, but, you know, like the 18-year-old who bought two AR-15s in one week and well, shot up a school. there two mass shootings involved with young people under the age of 21, so right. well, I that's think there's, the a, age there's an argument sure. to be made for that. Well, but then you have, like, Columbine, where the individuals perpetrating it while young are criminals through and through and are, you know, well, just then, premeditating a murderous rampage that no law would have stopped them. One of the other proposals I heard on the news this morning was to uh, put a tax on these um, assault weapons of roughly 1,000% that would make the, drive their cost up to, like, five to $6,000 when they currently sell for between 100 or 500 and 1,000. Well, they, we do that with machine guns. You know, you have to buy a... I'm going to call it a federal stamp or something. That's just a ridiculous tax on the gun. It's, you know, it's, you know. But anyway, all right. Well, what if we upgraded uh, AR-15s to machine gun status? And from now on, if you have one, you get to keep it, but they're machine guns. From now on, you can't have them. All right, 1-800. Well, oh. look at the clips. Uh, there's, a, there's also legislation being considered to outlaw high-capacity clips. Now, if you're a sportsman and you're hunting, how many bullets do you need to be able to fire how quickly? One of our listeners says, Mark, you keep saying you're going to take a break, but you never do. <laughs> Must be our producer. I, I, no, no, it's not. You haven't seen how poorly I shoot, uh, to answer your question, Joe. So you, you said, how many do I need? I said, you haven't seen me shoot. Yeah, you I'm need a lot of bullets. Yeah. There's no argument about that. So I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, make the deer into a piece of Swiss cheese? All right, 1-800-7. It saves the processing fees. <laughs> Kevin's deer hunting notwithstanding, maybe there is some changes in gun laws that would make us safer. All right, we were talking about President Biden at the moment. How yes. do we get on to this? All right, 1-800-795-9565. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history 
history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. 5X480. Dayton B100 V-Belt, one of the many parts Granger carries. It's also the item that helped Rob carry the day. The job was on hold, deadline fast approaching. But a quick search on Granger.com and Rob found his part. And with same-day pickup at his local branch, he and his crew got the job done safely and on time. Get supplies and solutions for every industry with real-time product availability. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Visit libertymutual.com to learn more. libertymutual.com Hi, everybody. Steve Jones. See what the Big Ten does with its TV deal. We'll talk about it today, 3 to 5 News Radio, 1070 WKOK. Why do you lie about anything? I'm not. I told you the truth. You didn't believe me. You had to look it up for yourself. All right, upper right-hand corner. All right, Tom says, stop being dumb. You don't take (laughs) guns away. You stop making ammo and make it illegal to import or buy from overseas. So you can't have any ammo at all whatsoever? But you can have your gun. Well, (laughs) a lot of people do reloading. You You can make your own ammo. Well, you can't it, make your own gun. Well, so to speak, I guess you could if you're a real good machinist. I think you can make an argument that, you know, if you have, there could be different kinds of licenses. There could be a hunter's license, and there could be a gun aficionado license, uh, where you know you have to go through a few more hoops to be able to buy a uh, an AR-15 or a semi-automatic oh, weapon. That's, that's one of the things being talked about in Washington. Training required, raising the age limit, and requiring some training. That's what Washington Post is saying. Can't imagine anybody be objecting. to to training for Raising someone who wants to buy a gun. Require some training. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Dan, thanks for calling in. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning. Well, you just finish up what you're talking about. I had the best trainer in the world when I learned to use firearms. My father was really good with a firearm, and he taught me safety. Though I did take hunter safety courses after that. But uh, why do we need clip long magazines? Because the government has long magazines. uh, It's not about hunting at all, this gun debate. It's about your government becoming uh, ironic over you and trying to take away your rights. That's what this gun debate's about. That's why we don't want to give up any long magazines or the AR-15. So you're Not planning about hunting. You're planning on shooting it out with the government, are you, Dan? Well, you never I'm know. Not. I hope we never ha- I hope we never have to, but you never know. If you have that threat, they're not going to do anything. Every place there's no weapons, there's no freedom. So if they have that threat, they won't take away your rights. But 
I'm afraid to say. We ever have to come to revolution, but you need that threat over your government. I'm afraid to say Dan is right. (laughs) Just never know. And uh, talking about Biden, and uh, I was one that talked on the radio that it was going to be a bad administration if we voted for Biden. You remember probably I said we were voting for evil in a lot of ways. And one of them, of course, is the economy, what we've done to it. But how could I know that? And yet other people blindly went in there and voted for an administration that basically is against the people. How could that happen? That's my question. Why did it happen? And who would vote for when people had to know that this administration was going to be totally green and be an enemy of fossil fuels? They admitted it. They admitted they were for gun control and them kind of things that the basic the American people are against. And we want fossil fuel. The more the better. <laughs> drill, baby, someday drill. Someday we can go, hey, someday we, we can transition to green, but not right now. Someday, yeah, that can happen if, if, if time goes on, which I don't think it will, but it, we have to plan. Yeah, we can plan for the future, and we can keep working on these alternative uh, methods, but we have to, right now, we have to have fossil fuel. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question, Dan. What would trigger your, what would trigger, what would be a triggering event that would make you want to take your gun out against the government? What could they do? What specific thing would you say would be the straw that broke the camel's back? I can tell you exactly. When the agents come to my door to confiscate my firearms. He's that, right, you know. That, that's, that'll do it. Joe, there'll be a revolution if that would happen. Now, we want to prevent that from happening because Americans are a peace-loving people. We want it to happen through legislation. We don't want to have to have a bloody revolution like we went through in the first revolution. Or You know, we don't want that. But we we have to have draw the line somewhere. So you it, lose it, your firearm, you're going to lose your First Amendment. No, your Second Amendment. Yeah, well, you lose that, but then you lose your First Amendment. You lose them all. That. Your amendments will be gone. <laughs> you 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 won't be you won't you'll be on the radio. Yeah, but you'll be speaking the government's speech. Right. You won't, 
Well, we do that now. We have that guy from the CIA here in the room, according to one of our listeners. Dan, you are 150% right on all points. Point well taken. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thanks Dan. You. Take Thanks care. Have a good one. Guys, Thanks for your time, and you guys have a great day. You too, Enjoy Dan. your freedom. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well said. Go shoot somebody. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You say you want a revolution. All right. One of our good listeners says, Dan versus an F-15 fighter. I'd no, love F-35, to see it. F-35, F-35. Right. So, which is a fighter jet. All right. So, yeah, the government has those. Okay. Something is talking over there. <laughs> oh, maybe because... your phone? I said, your? okay, Google. <laughs> so, it's, she started up. All right. Bob from Paxinus. We got uh, two minutes each for our last callers of the day. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, good morning. I just want to say, people voted for Biden to get Trump out of the White House because of how corrupt he was acting but how's that working out for you really (laughs) everything's better for me we're doing really well life hasn't been better in my whole life oh so you love paying those high gas prices you love paying those high gas prices i have an electric car i don't pay for gas how about inflation you liking that is that good enough for you i don't see any inflation i buy stuff when it's on sale (laughs) well if you don't if you're not the person who shops in your household yeah you wouldn't who shops in your household I tell you what, we got three freezers full of food. I go to this. I go when it's on sale. I know when to buy. You know, you got to be a smart shopper. You don't buy, you know, London broil. Well, okay. you buy London broil when you buy right. one free. Right. But even though you you're... can get really good deals around here, we live in a very lucky area. Right. Well, no argument about that. But even even though you're immune to it, Bob, because of your packed freezers, the inflation is between eight and twelve percent, depending upon what you're buying. And that's you realize good for you. But the little babies are having a little trouble getting their formula because the Biden administration is so incompetent. Oh, I don't think that's that true. has nothing to do with the Biden. Administration. Oh, it has that's everything to do that with that it. That has to do with the, the uh, companies that were developing the formula Bob. that were shut down for. Uh, problems do a recall. Right, and Bob, the government shut them down, and they knew that the Abbott produced 40% of the baby formula. Now, don't you think a reasonable government would understand that if you shut down the plant that produced 40% of something, that there's going to be a shortage and there's going to be a problem? Actually, a Biden administration many, was on TV yesterday how many saying... Companies no. are in, how many companies are in America? Well, there are only three that... On one the, little company. One little company that produced 40% of the formula, Bob. Well, they're getting it now anyway. No, they're not. Mm, it's still not in <laughs> abundant not, supply, but a lot of stores have it back. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much for calling in. Very much have appreciate it. Yep. Bob. Good points all. Cindy, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. There was an interesting article yesterday in the Daily Item talking about the deployment of broadband in Pennsylvania. 
and there's uh, all this exuberance about the fact that uh, President Biden's giving billions of dollars away to put in infrastructure. Just one nasty detail. Pennsylvania has a law that says that local governments cannot establish uh, that kind of utility. They've prohibited it. They did this in 2004. At the time, I couldn't understand why, but here's how I see it. They did it, and they allow the providers who exist now, Verizon, et cetera, et cetera, to veto any efforts to uh, put up local networks. Well, arguably, they were going to do it. However, they have not. 18 years, they have not done it. And so I call on the Pennsylvania legislature to repeal that law. Why would you give one business the right to veto another group competing against them? That makes no sense to me at all. That's certainly not uh, what the free enterprise system in America is supposed to be about. So I believe that we should repeal that law. What's that law called? I saw the Spotlight article online, and then you're saying the Daily Adam published it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's too long for me to read. It was a a very good article, but it also centered around the fact that Drive has been trying to build such a network, and they actually did build it, and now they've run into a problem, a fight that they didn't even intend to start because of this law. Right, and it's thousands and thousands of dollars to oppose it. And I just say, you know, it would be fine if they had... Uh, if they, the big companies that provide Internet service, had gone out and network, you know, put in the infrastructure and provided service to these people. They did not. They've had 18 years to do it. They have not. And so time's up. Time well, to serve the people rather right. than serving this small group of huge businesses that have, you know, porked out now about owning this uh, Capacity. And broadband is so important that we can't afford to let it s- something like this, something this stupid, stand in our way of just getting it. Right. Up to I mean, Verizon. healthcare, education, yep. communication, right. fundamentally. All right, we got services. you. We're out of time. Thank you so Thanks, much, Steve. Guys. Well, Senator Gordner is coming in later this week, so we'll ask him about this. All right, that's a good idea. Thank you, or he's calling in later this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to WKOK's On the Mark. This is WKOK Sunbury.